Welcome to the Men and Hoodies podcast, where we take you on an excursion through everything in the sports world. Trending news, hot conversations, heated debates, and unlike shows such as First Take and Undisputed, things that you, the listeners, actually want to hear. Let's now go to your hosts, Brent Lyons, Roman Cleary, and Jake Stoop. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Men and Hoodies podcast. I'm your host, Jake Stoop, alongside Roman Cleary and Brent Lyons. Today is, just like last week, strictly a college football episode. And if you want to be on the guest on the podcast, go check out Brent's Instagram to fill out a survey so that we know you want to be part of the show. This weekend has especially been exciting, and I know we are ready to get into it. So let's quickly go over our first question. Roman, if money was no object, what would you buy? Well, um, if you want a true answer from me with this question in a less uh, limited uh, time space, I can give it to you. But since we are in the limited time space that we are here on the Minute Hoodies podcast, <laughs> I'm going to give you kind of a not so serious answer. And that is a limitless supply of Coca-Cola because it would, <laughs> it's just, I don't know, I really enjoy Coke, uh, the soda, obviously. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know, I, I, I feel like it will be a nice uh, convenience for me to never have to go to the store to get it ever again even if money were no object it would still be a hassle for me to go to the store to physically get it so if i didn't have to do that anymore that would be you know pretty nice i like it right. right i like that uh so i again more you could give a more um lengthy answer on this but i'll go with the two shorts um twin snakes i don't know if you know what that candy is but i want an endless supply of that I just want to swim in a house full of it. It's so good. I can never get enough. Um, but Twin Snakes is definitely one of my things. And also a DeLorean. Uh, that's my dream car. Mm. I DeLorean would be something nice. It doesn't even have to be the Back to the Future one. Just the butterfly doors, all everything that comes with it. I just want it. it that, that would be definitely on my list. Well, I know you said you want to go back and live like in the 80s. Like that would be your preferred decade. So that would be yeah. that. So that's a good one. Uh, mine would be tickets. I would buy lifelong season tickets to my favorite sports teams. And if I couldn't go, I would sell them. So I'd be able to make a profit, but also enjoy some of my favorite games. Yeah, but you can't sell them because money is no object in this scenario. So whatever you buy, <laughs> you got to keep. Well, it's a one-time purchase, though. You know? So like I get limitless money to buy anything. I buy it Wait. and then I go back to being broke. So, but do I have to pay entrance on my DeLorean then? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the interest wasn't as high back in the eighties. So because if I had to, because if I had to pay entrance on my DeLorean, I don't know if I want it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We're getting too deep into this. Let's just move on to the sports talk of the day. This weekend <laughs> was the first weekend of college football for the twenty twenty two season. It was filled with a lot of fun things, including a questionable punt in the UCF game. If you didn't see that, you got to go watch that back. Along with a 7-3 outcome in the Iowa game. Confusing there. Two safeties led to that score. But, Roman, give me your highlight of the weekend. What happened for you? Well, uh, unfortunately, I get to be the Debbie Downer that I usually am because my highlight is more so of a low light. We're going to be talking about the University of Memphis because we simply <laughs> have to. There were times during last season where I was weary of Ryan Silverfield. There were times where I wanted him to be fired. But after the team fought the way that it did towards the end of the season last year, and, you know, with the new recruits coming in, new coordinators, 
everything was looking more optimistic. And I was honestly excited to give Silverfield another chance. But last night, I'm not saying you have to beat Mississippi State. I'm not even saying you have to make it a close game. But the way that it all happened last night was unacceptable for a Division I football team. They came out clearly, in my opinion, they were completely unprepared to play that game. In every single metric you can think of, they had no answer for the Mississippi State offense that was essentially doing the same things over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. Check down wide open every play. Mm -hmm. No pressure every play. Memphis just came in not prepared to play on either side of the ball. The offense looked even worse than the defense did somehow. And But guess what? The game stops. (laughs) You were getting absolutely destroyed on both sides of the football. And the game stops for two hours. You have two hours to fix whatever you need to fix and at least go out there and compete. But what happens? You come out even more unprepared than before. And you get destroyed even more than you did before. The game ends up at 35-3 to midway through the third quarter. I don't care that they came back and fought to make it a closer game on the scoreboard. Mississippi State completely outclassed Memphis. And I'm not saying they weren't supposed to do that. But Memphis was just completely unprepared. They showed no heart. They showed little fight. And that is just an unacceptable culture that Ryan Silverfield has continuously built throughout his entire time at the University of Memphis. And this is a University of Memphis football team that was my first love in sports (laughs) with coaches like Justin Fuente and Mike Morvell, always putting in that passion, always trying to do their absolute best to make Memphis the best it could possibly be. I just do not believe that Silverfield is trying to do that. So, and to make this shorter than it honestly needs to be, Ryan, Ryan Silverfield, for me, is probably on a shorter leash than he's ever been on. Just completely unacceptable in every way, shape, and form last night. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want somebody to pull up, like, two side clips of Roman talking about Memphis last week before the season started <laughs> and him talking about them now. And I know it could come back to bite me, too, because Penn State – played Purdue and it was a really close game and we only won because Sean Clifford decided to look like the best quarterback in football for five plays and that was it but I know that you what nine and three was it was it nine and three mm-hmm. I still think that's a possibility they really yes are. that's fair but I agree if they don't beat Navy next week things are gonna get bad <laughs> yeah um for me I guess I'll just go right into it two games um I mean i I've talked about them to anybody who I've talked about college football. First one was the was the first college football game besides Penn State and Purdue I watched. First Saturday football game I've watched this year. Uh, NC State and ECU uh, was two of the teams I'm more, I was more high on um, last week when we did our uh, official kind of breakdown. I had ECU at 9-3 and three. And NC State at eleven and one. Um, I have since dropped NC State down to ten and two, um, even though they won that game. Uh, but that game was incredible. If you haven't seen it, um, go back and watch it. Just as a college football fan, it was a really good game to watch. It came down to ECU uh, scoring in the latter end of the fourth quarter and having a chance to tie the game and 
what would probably be sent to overtime, and they miss the extra point. And they find a way to stop NC State again on defense. They had a goal line stand earlier in the fourth quarter to get the ball back, which ultimately led to the touchdown. Um, And then they stopped NC State. They made them go three and out and then had a chance to kick a field goal from 24 yards to win the game. And he blew it again. So it was really, it was really a rough day for uh, ECU and their, their kicking unit, but also uh, the app state and North Carolina game was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, besides, besides the fact that if you're not a college football fan and you like defense, then you never want to watch anything from that game ever again. But for 62 points were scored in the fourth quarter. That's wild. That's, and I saw something um, today that was when Appalachian state and NC and, and North Carolina played basketball against each other, the football game scored more points than the basketball game did. So that was that was wild to me, and the ending of that game was insane too. I could talk about that forever, but those those are my two big things. Lots of lots of good endings and lots of good games to start the season out. Yeah, and not only that, did y'all see that end of the Florida State game? I mean, oh, yeah. dude, yeah. I feel that so was good insane. For now. Same, same like, here, man. I mean. I wouldn't be the worst thing for Florida State to not do so good and Norvell to be back on the open market, but you know, <laughs> if that if that doesn't happen, I'm happy for him to continue to succeed at Florida State. Great win for them. Yeah, I'm not going to say they're back yet, but they might when was, be back. <laughs> when was the last time they started two and zero? Yeah, seriously, I think I have them at nine and three this season. And this is before the first two games. So I, I can see something there. Uh, but, Roman, I'm going to pick up off of you. Memphis fan, I was in Starkville. Uh, big lead-up to the game. Actually got in the student section. Uh, and I had on some Memphis socks. See, I didn't want to get tackled by security. So I had on a state shirt, but I couldn't get rid of them completely. So I had a Memphis poncho and I had a Memphis socks. And uh, I proceeded to get beer poured on me. I got cussed out. I got told I was going to hell. Uh, flipped off, cowbells in my ears, all that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, didn't have any word to say back because, uh, it was 35 <laughs> to three. So that now was the know. worst part. Like, yeah, what that was the worst part. These people see you know nothing, nothing. It, that's how like into it. These fans are getting, I mean, we had a frat behind us. We got front row in the student section and that was honestly a cool thing because we had a good view, but also it was a very bad mistake because they were all drunk as skunks. It was horrible. Uh, the only time I did cheer, actually, so after the two-hour rain delay, which we sat in the rain for two hours, which was really dumb. And you wait, uh, you, okay. did, you didn't even like go back to the contours or anything? No, because we would have lost our spots, so we stayed the whole time. And all those, all the frat students left. And when we came back, Memphis got a pick, and I went nuts. I was like, "Where's those cowboys now?" <laughs> They came back very quickly, and no, no one said a word. They just laughed at me. It was so amazing. You know how it feels now to be sitting in FedEx Forum, the first time you ever get to watch Steph Curry play, and without John Morant, the Warriors get beat by like forty, and you just have to sit there (laughs) and take it. So now you know how it feels. No, I get it, but Mississippi State was ringing those cowbells throughout the entire rain delay. Every time lightning would strike, they would raise them even higher and go nuts. Like, literally, you have lightning rods in your hands and you're shaking them. Like, they are just so into it. But the game itself, man, I was – we looked like UConn in that first half. I mean, there was nothing good about it. Our defense was horrible. 
I mean, yeah, we, we rushed three. Correct. Shut up. <laughs> we, we rushed three and dropped eight. We never got pressure on the quarterback. Our secondary was fine. They checked it down every single play. Honestly, I think Hennigan played better than Rodgers because all Rodgers would do was check it down to the running backs in the flat every single play, and they would just go down the field over and over again. He had one dime to the right corner end zone, but that was it. So it, w- it was just crazy to me. I, I like the second half, though. We outscored them. I think that's pretty promising, honestly, because we always get to off to a rough start at the road. And our next four games are realistically winnable. Um, for Most people would agree with that. So we can honestly go four and one after this, and I think that would give us solid momentum. I also was missing Tyler Murray and Rodney Owens, which kind of confused about that. But we'll see there. Uh, but overall, college football was amazing this week. Cannot wait to get back to it week two. Um, along with the NFL, so we'll get to that later. But right now, let's give our Heisman predictions. The Heisman Trophy showcases the best player in college football each season. Last year, Bryce Young from Alabama took home the honor to make Alabama get the award for the second season in a row after Devontae Smith won the year before. Bryce Young is looking to repeat, but other candidates might have something to say about it. So, Roman, who is your Heisman frontrunner? Well, I actually – I didn't know that we weren't supposed to do this, but I actually have five different candidates that I think are potentially, you know, going to be able to win the Heisman this year, even though two of them are pretty much dark horses. There are three guys that actually realistically have winning it, but getting into the two dark horses, number five is going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver from Ohio state. I'm just super high on him overall, super, you know, big play type of guy. You know, I fully expect him to win the Blidnikoff Award this year, which is the award for the best wide receiver in college football. And if he has a good enough season, he could potentially add the Heisman on top of that. But considering who his teammate is a quarterback, not very likely. Um, and the other one is going to be from Alabama, Will Anderson, edge rusher, yep. the expected number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft as of now. Just a super fantastic player, 17 and a half sacks last season as a sophomore. And if he continues that type of production and, you know, elevates it as a junior, has an insane, like, Manti Teo type season. You never know what can happen. But let's just get into this top three because that's really all that matters in this Heisman discussion. Surprise, surprise, all three of them are quarterbacks. This is a quarterback award. It's pretty obvious at this point. Um, Number three is going to be C.J. Strout from Ohio State. Now, I really considered putting him at two because overall, C.J. Strout is just such a talented player. I mean, from an arm talent perspective, he's unbelievable. And I don't know. I'm a bit higher on him than some people are. Some people are very weary of C.J. Strout, and they don't think he he should even be compared to Bryce Young. I think those comparisons, I think that, you know, take is a little bit, you know, you know, unrealistic a little bit, you know, out there because I think CJ Stroud is just a fantastic quarterback prospect and definitely one of the best player, one of the best players in college football, but we're going to move on to Bryce Young. Who, uh, I mean, what, what else is there to say? He won it last year could definitely win it again this year. Alabama is the expected national champion heading into this season, but number one has to be Caleb Williams from USC. And the reason for that is not only because do I believe that Caleb Williams is a better player than Bryce Young. I believe he's a better quarterback than Bryce Young. But also, he just tells the better story this season. The story of bringing USC back to national prominence. 
in the college football world. USC, once upon a time, was the biggest brand in the sport. USC football was probably the biggest, the biggest brand in all of sports, once upon a time. And Caleb Williams being at the centerpiece of that, I think is going to be enough to take him over the edge. With Lincoln Riley, with Jordan Addison as his top, as his top wideout, there's nothing that Caleb Williams cannot accomplish in the college football world this season. You know, and I think he's going to lead USC to be playoff contenders, win the Pac-12, do all that. And considering just how much of a fantastic player that he is, there's no reason why Caleb Williams should not be able uh, to hypothetically contend for the Heisman, and in my case, winning it. Well, I guess that makes it my turn. And uh, I just – I have three. Um, and then I'll give CJ – I'll give Stroud an honorable mention. He's my he's my four right now, but definitely can make a case. It's partially because of my hatred for Ohio State. But that's not – That's what I thought. That's, that's not the point here. Will Anderson is my three. Obviously, an outstanding player for Alabama at edge. But it's, again, like Roman said, a quarterback race. And to just kind of cut to the chase because – Heisman is a picky award, but I I agree with Roman. I think Caleb Williams is going to take the Heisman this year. And if I learned anything from the Manti Teo documentary that I did watch, and it was pretty good, <laughs> is that story has a lot to do with it because it is a media selected award. The story has a lot to do with who who wins it and the the impact a player has, not just on the game, but the college football landscape as a whole means a lot. And like Roman said, USC was a major market brand um, not too long ago. And this is the story of their what looks and what could be their coming back season. And when you look at the story behind it, it's like defending Heisman Trophy winner comes back for second season and gets beat by Caleb Williams. Like that, there's the story. Caleb Williams brings back USC, puts them on their shoulders and takes them to the college football playoffs, whatever it looks like. So I think that the story is there for both of them. Bryce Young came back, but I think that Caleb Williams plays a bigger role in the landscape of college football this year and plays better football than Bryce Young and ultimately wins the Heisman for me. Another thing to to consider with this is that Caleb Williams is going to be back in college football next year. Bryce Young will not. And I think the potential, you know, story of potentially having Caleb Williams repeat the next year as the Heisman Trophy winner, I think that could also play a factor in who ends up winning it this year. Mm. Yeah, I, I like y'all's takes. Either way, I think anybody can agree on, anybody can realistically agree that this is a three-man race. Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, and Bryce Young have the highest odds. It, it is theirs to lose. I think most people will say that. Looking at the Vegas odds, Stroud has the highest. Bryce Young is barely behind him to repeat. And then you've got Williams at three. Um, I think this is tough because I'm really high on Ohio State and Bama. But I was surprised y'all didn't have this guy winning, especially Brent. But I realized that you have the Ohio State hate. I'm going to take C.J. Stroud. I think I've got to take the favorite here. Um, 2021 had 4,435 yards passing. Um, I think he improves on that. He's got the wide receivers to do it, but I think he'll be dominant in every game he plays. He has the wideouts to make it happen. We saw in the Notre Dame game, game a matchup on Saturday that, you know, Jackson Smith, the Jimba went down and other guys stepped up in his place. Like he got hurt the first possession of football 
and they were still able to get the win. He came back, but then ultimately left the game um, for the rest of it. So obviously they have guys who can step up. I fully expect him to have a record-breaking year other than that. I do not think that the Heisman community will get, give Young back-to-back seasons of the Heisman. I think he'll have a great resume. Um, I think they'll give it to him. He should pass for over 4,500 yards this year. The only thing that will hold him back is his legs. He needs to showcase that he can use his legs on drives consistently. That will elevate this offense to another level, in my opinion, even when three of his offensive players are currently Heisman candidates in the top ten. Um, I think once he utilizes his legs and shows that he can consistently be a dual-threat quarterback, I think he's fine. So far in his college career, he's shown that he can throw, and that's about it. Uh, but looking at Bryce Young specifically, I do not think he'll win because it's only happened once in history of a repeat of a Heisman winner. Also, their running game should improve even though B. John Robinson was good and their, their running game was ranked 10th in the SEC. So they will be able to rely on that more. Also, Bama replaces their talent every single season at wide receiver, but they lost some pretty talented guys this offseason. I don't like him being a favorite, to be honest with you. But if Williams and Stroud don't live up to expectations, I think they have to give it to Young. Um, I just think Stroud's in line for it. I really do. Ohio State's going to be a great team this year. I think that Stroud, everything lines up for him to win. Um, I think he he has an edge over Williams because Williams is I think he's less known than Stroud. Williams came in for a really rattled, really rattled Spencer Rattler last year. Not many people knew his name until he came in in that Texas game. Um, I think that I do like USC this season, but honestly, I really think that Ohio State is so strong in every area of their offense that C.J. Stroud is just going to really pop this season. Who would you, who do you think is the? I'm sorry, you got it, you got it. Um, Jake, who do you think is the NR, is the better NFL prospect between Young and Stroud right, as of now? Young and Stroud? Yeah. I would have to say Stroud tip primarily because of his body type. He is he definitely has the body of an NFL quarterback. And to succeed in the NFL, you don't need your legs. Bryce has that. And also Bryce had two of the best wide receivers in college football last season with Jamison Williams and John Mechie. And he didn't have that. He had a young Jackson and he had, he had Garrett Wilson too and Chris Olave. So, I, I mean, it was kind of even, but at the same time, it was a sophomore season. I think Stroud should come out this year. And honestly, I think he has the better body type for the NFL. So if you're, so if you're an NFL GM, you are drafting CJ Stroud over Bryce Young. Depends on the situation. I think if you're going for the guy who can come in and give you nine to 10 wins with a solid offense, you're picking Young, but we saw this a couple of years ago with Trey Lance. You draft the guy that is is kind of a home run ball if you get him going. So I think that we can see that uh, here with C.J. Stroud. So, And for me, I'm not saying I don't like Stroud. I think he's a great player. I just simply – there's never going to be a time where I can give him the Heisman. So, What makes you not, though? Um, I think Williams is better ultimately, but at the same time, just you know, gotta. How can I go for my team and still give my <laughs> my rival the most distinguished <laughs> award in college football? That just doesn't seem right. So, I, I think I mean, Stroud is more proven than Williams. Exactly, which Dude. is why, which is oh. why Williams is going to come in and steal it from him because the more proven you are, the more you have to do to win the award. Dude, I, I don't know. Caleb Williams is just ridiculously talented. Like, when I watch him play, I think Aaron Rodgers in an option offense. His If you if you watch Caleb Williams' throw release and Rodgers' release, it's very similar. 
very identical. They both put similar type of zip on the football. And I'm not saying that Caleb Williams is Aaron Rodgers. Not saying that at all. But I think that Caleb Williams is pound for pound the most talented guy out of these three. And I think that definitely means something. And considering that, he, like Brent already said, he's not as known as as a C.J. Stroud, as a Bryce Young. You know, like both of you said, I mean, him coming in and playing well could end up making the biggest impact out of those three. But what if, what if USC isn't good? A lot of people, I mean, we're kind of different in this argument because we think USC is going to be good. What if they lose three to four games? What do you what do you do then? Well, I just don't think that's going to happen. So I'm not sure. <laughs> we choose I mean, to believe. <laughs> like I, I think well, it's unrealistic to think that you that USC is going to lose four games. I just don't I agree. I agree, but I think Ohio State has the clear-cut path to do it. I think he is the safest bet here. I think Stroud is the safest bet because they never repeat Heisman winners, and plus, Stroud is just due for success. Plus, and C.J. Stroud is not the most efficient player in the world. You see him get super out of structure at, at times and not, not exactly succeed when he's you know playing in that style. He is not very accurate at times. He gets, you know, very, you know, uh, intimidated, I guess you can say. Very unbalanced. And if those inconsistencies continue to pop up throughout the year, you know, being the Heisman Trophy winner, being the best player in college football by definition, I don't know if C.J. Stroud has a bad game or two, which is probably going to happen at this point, the way that he plays. I'm just not sure of his chances at that point. Mm. I mean, like Haskins, Dwayne Haskins was a Heisman finalist, and he obviously had his inconsistencies. But the only reason he was there is because his team had a clear-cut path to make the playoff. Like, they were that good. USC is kind of – it's kind of put all your hope in them and see what happens, you know? So I think I, – I like Williams. If USC was more proven – I think I would agree with you, but Ohio State is already solidified as a good team. And as I said, Young will not repeat, in my opinion. So, yeah. So, home run ball, I think we can all agree is Williams, but at least in my opinion, the safest bet uh, for you betters out there is going to be CJ Stroud. So, do you have any more opinions before we get to, uh, yeah, all you under 18? <laughs> Can't really bet yet, but, you know. I wouldn't bet anyway. I, I mean, your point. Me neither. <laughs> I'm not. Anyway, because I'm already invested enough in the sports thing, just emotionally. And if you add money on top of that, I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> I'd die. No, same here. I would If I started that, I think I'd be too into it. I, I can never get myself to do that. But that can be a, uh, another opening question for another week. Maybe we have more time to do that uh, next time. But that would be a good conversation. All right. Best part of the episode right here, we've got our 12-team playoff conversation. Right, If you did not see the news, um, they just came out, College Football Playoff Committee just came out and released what for most of the country is great news, a 12-team College Football Playoff, which will come into effect as early as 2024, but realistically the 2026 season. This format will consist of six automatic bids, five for the Power Five Conference Champions, and one for the best group of five team. The six others will be at-large bids. The champions do not necessarily have to be the top six seeds, but they are sure to spot regardless. So we will be giving you our hypothetical 12-team playoff scenario, which is pretty cool. 
because we planned this, and then the hey, week man. after we plan it, they come out with it. I'm just saying. I that's think the com- cool. I think the committee's been watching men in hoodies because we said <laughs> we're gonna do a 12 team, and then they come out with a 12 team right before we film our next episode. So I feel like this was. I feel like someone might someone on the inside might be listening to us. Yeah, we yeah, actually like, affect more than we this do. because like no one wants to talk about a 14 playoff. It's boring. So uh, to have this happen. Uh, you know, conveniently at this time, you know, the 12 team playoff. It's official. Dream come true. Now it's reality, man. Hopefully, but as of now, it's going to be in 2026. Mm-hmm. But yeah, can't wait for this. Yeah. Lots of interesting things coming with it. Don't know all the specific details about Brent's mentioned it a lot of potentially a group of five championship. That would be very interesting, but a lot of things to look forward to uh, as we get there. But we'll start off today. Roman, give me your 1 through 12 in order, and then from there we'll go round by round in our tournament bracket. All right. I'm going to go from 12 to 1 because I think that's mm-hmm. more interesting. Okay. So I like that. Up. Yeah. At number 12, it is my American Athletic Conference champion, Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, Cincinnati, obviously just not the same team as they were last year, but they're going to end up being the best uh, group of five champion in this scenario. So, yeah, they make it as the 12th seed. 11th seed is going to be Texas A&M. This came down to them in Arkansas, but Texas A&M gets the head-to-head matchup over the Razorbacks, so they get in instead of Arkansas. Number 10 is going to be Miami. I have them losing uh, in the ACC championship. Um, It's not to NC State, but the NC State does make it at number 9. Kentucky gets in there at number 8. They had to go 11-1 with their only loss being to Georgia. Number seven is Michigan. Yeah, not much needs to be said there. They go 11-1, only lost to Ohio State. Number six is my Big 12 champion in Baylor. Number five is my ACC champion in Clemson. Um, number four is my last at-large bid, Alabama. Number three is my Pac-12 champion, USC. They go 12-0. and um, Ohio State, number two in the Big Ten, and number one is Georgia, my projected SEC champion. All right. Yes, that puts it to me. Um, I'm going to go 12 to 1 as well. And starting with my group of five champion out of the Mountain West, I have Air Force. Um, <laughs> 11 and 1 is going to be my group of five champion for this year. Uh, moving on to 11, I have NC State. Uh, finishing 10 and two, still having them slip in. I'm happy to see that somebody else is on my Wolfpack grind. So I'm happy to see that at number nine, I got the Nittany lions 11 and one and going right into eight Michigan also at 11 and one. Um, Not much needs to be said. Michigan is pretty much a contender in the spot. Penn state's more of the underdog, but they're my team. So I got to go with them. And I think they have a shot. Um, for I'm where am I? I'm at number seven. Number seven is going to be the Clemson Tigers, also finishing at eleven and one. I feel like I missed one, but that's okay. Um, my number ten. Okay, yeah, ten is who I missed. Kentucky is my ten, also finishing at eleven and one. A lot of eleven and ones here. Um, moving on to my number six, USC again, eleven and one. Um, USC is also my Pac-12 champion and the only team that ends up making it out of the Pac-12 because um, Brent was caught up in the hype of Utah and they blew it. So there are consequences <laughs> for, yep. there are consequences for your actions and your action was to lose to Florida 
of an interception week one. So your consequence is you're not included in Brent's 12 team. So sorry, guys, maybe next year. But my number five moving on is Alabama. Also at 11-1 and one because why not? And uh, number four, TAMU, Texas A&M. Didn't look too great against Sam Houston, but, you know, it's all right. It's week one. Also finishing 11-1, and one, my runner-up for the SEC. Um, number three, my Big 12 champion and the only team in the Big 12 I had making it in, the little Hokey Pokies Oklahoma State finishing 12-0. and 0. Um, And then my second place, is my Big Ten champions, Ohio State, at 11-1. and And then, agreeing with Roman, I have the Bulldogs 12-0 and and the number one seed going into the college football playoff. All right, I'll pick up at mine. I got the number 12 seed, Houston Cougars, group of five champion. They finished 11-1, only loss being on the road in Memphis. And you've got the 11 seed. One of y'all didn't mention, this is my only 10-2 and team. It's going to be 11 seed, Wisconsin. Uh, then I got number 10, Baylor, at 11-1. and um, then we move down to the nine seed USC, Pac-12 champions at 11 and one. Eight seed Oklahoma, you've got Big 12 champions uh, also at 11 and one. Seven seed is going to be Notre Dame uh, at 11 and one as well. I know a lot of you are thinking, man, they they would have to go undefeated, and uh, you're right, they will go undefeated from here on out in my opinion. Um, then you got number six, you got Texas A&M, 11 and one as well. Number five Michigan Wolverines at 11 and one. Four seed is going to be the Clemson Tigers, ACC champions at 11 and 1. Three seed, Georgia, 12 and 0, undefeated. Number two seed, Alabama, SEC champions, 12 and 0. And then Ohio State Buckeyes, Big Ten champions, 12 and 0 at the one spot. So now, you out. So I was going to say, you said that I'm surprised none of y'all. Wisconsin was my 13. I had them finishing 11 mm. and 1, but I didn't, it didn't feel right because I don't think that their comp like their side of the conference is good enough to kind of push them over the hump because they're kind of just sitting there by themselves. So I didn't, and I also didn't feel comfortable putting four teams in from the big 10. I just yeah, kind of, it was, it was between them or Kentucky for who was going to get it. And I, I gave them out of Kentucky. So. Yeah, I get that. I, I'm really a big fan of Graham Mertz. So I had to put him in that's there, um, but that's going to be my 11 seed at Wisconsin. All right, so Roman, let's hear who's going to win each matchup to lead you to uh, the top eight. All right, so obviously my top four seeds, Georgia, Ohio State, USC, and Alabama end up getting buys. Um, wasn't so obvious to me uh, heading into this, but it was made clear to me that the top four seeds get buys, so I had to reformat <laughs> my whole thing uh, to you know, support that. So I did, and this is what I came up with, number five, Clemson taking on number 12 Cincinnati and I was tempted to give Cincinnati this win but Clemson's just too good they move Mm on Uh, my number six team Baylor they're facing Texas A&M Texas A&M does end up getting the win here over Baylor I just think the SEC talent just prevails in that matchup my 7-10 is Michigan versus Miami gonna give that one to Michigan even though they have some quarterback controversies going on by right now uh, in this hypothetical scenario. Those will be addressed, during, you know, definitely by the end of the season. And Michigan moves on. And my 8-9, Kentucky defeats the very shaky-looking NC State in round one. All right. So, uh, for me, my four buys, again, were one-seed Georgia, two-seed Ohio State, three-seed Oklahoma State, and four-seed Texas A&M. 
So my 5-12 matchup is Alabama and Air Force and didn't really feel tempted here like Roman did with his group of five. Um, yeah, uh, Alabama takes this one pretty pretty easily, I feel like. Um, so moving on, uh, USC versus NC State. Uh, yeah, NC State not looking like the kind of team that can take down USC right now. I mean, it's only been a week, but USC also pretty easily handles NC State, but it would make for a fun game. Uh, my 7-10 matchup is Clemson and Kentucky. And I, unlike Roman with Cincinnati, I gave Kentucky the nod here over this Clemson team. Mm. Um, have them moving on to face two-seeded Ohio State next round. Um, and then my 8-9 and nine is going to be Michigan versus Penn State. And I gave it to Penn State because I had them losing them in the regular season, but I feel like they, they pulled out here and Sean Clifford plays like that best quarterback in the country for a game to sneak him past to play Georgia where, uh, where death awaits. It's hard to beat a team twice. So I can get on top of that one. If you're a, it's that high on Penn state, then that's a realistic expectation. So. All right. I'll move on to me. We got the five and 12 matchup. Actually, I'll go over my buys. Ohio State 1, Bama 2, Georgia 3, Clemson 4. 5-12, Michigan against Houston. Had to give it to Michigan. Obviously, they have their quarterback controversies, but both of them are way better than Clayton Toon. Then you've got the 6-11, Texas A&M against Wisconsin. Also had to give it to Texas A&M. In my current format, the only loss that the Aggies take is going to be on the road in Tuscaloosa. So I had to give them the nod there. They're a great football team. 7-10, Seven and ten, Notre Dame and Baylor. I really like Baylor, but Notre Dame showed me a lot in that first game that they can contend with top talent. Uh, so I had to give them the win here um, against the Bears. No, no, uh, you know, disrespect to them though. They are, had a really good season. And then eight and nine, you got the Big Twelve champions against the Pac twelve champions. I had to give this one to USC. This is my only upset in the first round. Uh, USC takes it over Oklahoma. Caleb Williams gets revenge over his former school, which, honestly, if this was the case this year, what a better matchup in the first round in a 12-team playoff scenario. That would be amazing for Oklahoma and USC to do that. Honestly, I didn't even try to do that. It's just the way it worked out for me. Uh, So, you know, destiny awaits for this uh, maybe one day. (laughs) All right, we're moving on to the second round here. Of course. Yep, let's get it. All right. Okay, so – We have the number three seed USC taking on the number 11 seed Texas A&M in the second round here. It's a tough draw for USC, you know, in the second round after getting to buy. But I do think that the Trojans will, you know, be able to sneak it out here against A&M. A&M puts up a great fight, obviously, but I think that Caleb Williams is able to lead the gang and, you know, get them, you know, barely over the hump to get to the second round. Next up is number two seeded Ohio State against number seven seeded Michigan. Would you look at that? Hmm. <laughs> Ohio State wins as always, so they yep. move on. Um, four seeded Alabama taking on number five seeded Clemson. Would you look at that? Another rivalry. Alabama wins. They move <laughs> on to the semifinals, I guess this would be. And the number one seeded Georgia Bulldogs will defeat Kentucky once again in the second round. So despite the fun, good old 12-team playoff, the top four teams end up, you know, making it anyway. So, yeah. Well, for me, 
Uh, I'll start with my three and six matchup, which is Oklahoma State versus USC. And I'm also going to give the nod to the Trojans here. I think they get it done. Oklahoma State doesn't have the hardest schedule in the world to go undefeated. So it was it was kind of a given that they'd be placed in this kind of top four scenario, just being one of the last undefeated teams for me. So getting a bye in the first round helps, but I don't think they make it past the Trojans. Still a good game, though. Um, my next matchup is going to be my two-seeded Ohio State versus 10-seeded Kentucky. And Ohio State gets the football school for a little bit in Kentucky, but still waiting for that real challenge that awaits them next round in USC. Ohio State moves on and a kind of relapse of our Heisman debate for me in the semifinals. Uh, next up, I have the four-seeded Texas A&M versus the five-seeded Alabama. And to continue with my trend of not winning back-to-back -back games against the school, I had Alabama beating Texas A&M. No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. Oh, exactly. So Alabama moves on to play Georgia, who whoops my Penn State team into shape and shows Penn State that there might not be all they're cracked up to be. But we made it to the college football playoffs, so that's all that matters. And Georgia probably you beats got us. Some, uh... Georgia probably beats us by four touchdowns, but hey, we made it. Brent, just let that settle into your heart that y'all made the playoff. All right. I know, right? Hey, Listen, we'll make it this year too, but it's okay. Hey, Memphis will never make the playoffs. So, hey, if we stay in the American, we will. I I, I doubt it. <laughs> we can save that debate for another time. Uh, me and Brent's friend group had a big one. I'm telling you, man, yeah. it, was, it was rough. So, we'll definitely talk about that one day. Um, but for me, I got Ohio State, USC, one and nine. Ohio State gets it done. Sorry, Caleb Williams, but you will lose to the future Heisman winner in C.J. Stroud. Then you've got the four and five Clemson and Michigan. This will be the best game out of the uh, quarterfinals for me, but I got to give it to Clemson. Clemson's back this year, and I think they get it done. Honestly, it, uh, this is obviously all hypothetical, but I could see their backup quarterback from Michigan. He is really good. I'm blanking on his name. But he is going to be really good one day. I really like him. Uh, so he's going to be good, but not good enough to do, get it done this year in this fake scenario. Two and seven, Bama against Notre Dame. Got to give the nod to Alabama. The top two seeds in this college football season this year are just so good. Got to give it to them there. Um, then Georgia, Texas A&M. I don't think Georgia's going to get back there. Uh, I think Texas A&M is going to upset it, uh, led by Haynes King. We'll see if he, you know, keeps the lead um, in this quarterback battle. Obviously, you got Max Johnson from LSU. Um, but Haynes King threw two interceptions against Sam Houston. So who knows who's going to be starting quarterback by this time in the season. Uh, but Texas A&M gets the win against the former champions in the Bulldogs. So now we got the semifinals. Roman, who's going to make it to your championship? All right. We're going to start out with 1v4, which is an SEC championship rematch of Georgia versus Alabama. And obviously in this scenario, I have Georgia beating Alabama in the SEC championship, but this time around, Alabama, in kind of a reverse from last year, a, a, actually an exact reverse from last year, Alabama comes back from the SEC championship and gets revenge on Georgia in the college football playoff. So the Crimson Tide advanced to the national title game. And as much as I love Caleb Williams and as much as I love USC this year, I just don't think they're going to be able to beat Ohio State here in the semifinal. 
Ohio State is just pound for pound the better football team. So they move on. So my national championship is Alabama versus Ohio State. Well, well, well. Here we are, the traditional four team with a little higher numbers for me. But I'll start with my 1v5. I have Georgia versus Alabama. And, you know, me and Roman agree more times than not, unironically. So I also have Alabama beating Georgia. I had Georgia beating Alabama in the regular season. Um, and ultimately winning the SEC championship. And I am a firm believer in that it's really hard to win two games in a row against a team, especially in college football. So unless you're Michigan and Ohio State, that doesn't really count. But um, so I do have Alabama and the Crimson Tide advancing back to the national championship. And with Ohio State facing USC, I also have to admit Caleb Williams is going to be back next year. And that's going to be a different animal if he plays the way I think he's going to play this year. But just overall this year, Ohio State is too too good of a team for USC as a whole to handle. So I also have the five-seeded Crimson Tide taking on the two-seeded Ohio State for the national championship. Uh, we probably sound like a broken record at this point. Ohio State beats Clemson and Bama beats Texas A&M. No debate. We've all got Ohio State and Alabama. They should not get upset this year. These are pound for pound the best two college football teams in the country this year. But I think the most interesting question is who we got coming out of this. This is going to be a big decision here. Two best teams. They look probably the exact same when you're talking about talent level. So, Roman, who uh, who takes home the 2022-2023 season championship? This is such a hard decision for me because, like you already said, these two teams are head and shoulders above the rest, it seems. They're both just extremely talented, but – I think Ohio State gets the edge here. I think that they have just a bit more star power than Alabama does. They have better weapons on the offensive side of the football, and offense rules college football these days. And obviously the defensive playmakers that Ohio State has as well should be able to contain an Alabama offense that isn't quite as talented as it was in years past. It's still extremely good, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, I just think Ohio State edges out Alabama – in the star power, in the talent level, and that is just enough for the Buckeyes to get over the hump this year. So Ohio State ends up winning my uh, 2023 national championship. So when I thought about this at first, I was like, this this is no question. I have to give it to Alabama because I hate Ohio State and I could never, I never want to see them win. And so I was like, okay, no question. I hate the SEC, but we're just going to have to give it to Alabama. Like, that's just going to – that's just how it's going to have to be. But then I started thinking, and I was like, wait a minute. Penn State beat Ohio State this season. Oh, my gosh. And we never had the chance to play them in the college football playoff to come back. So you could say that Penn State was still better than Ohio State, even if they won. So – and, you know, it, it looks good for the Big Ten, obviously, to have a national champion come out of their conference. So, and Ohio State's just a better football team, but you guys hit on that enough. So I thought I'd bring a little lighthearted humor into it. Ohio State wins the national championship for me over Alabama and what should be a great game to cap off the first 12-team playoff ever. Um, overall, star-powered game. Um, comes down to the wire, and in these scenarios, it always comes down to the last drive. So just picture the last drive. Ohio State 
charging down the field with C.J. Stroud to score a touchdown to win the game, and that's your national championship. Mm, this is so tough. This is so Don't tough. Don't pick Alabama just because we didn't. This is so tough. No. Ohio State has my Heisman. They have my Bolitnikoff winner. They have its up ten running back Heisman candidate. But Alabama wins it. Bro, you Alabama takes it home. Alabama has a more balanced offense than last season. They have a better running game. Jamar Gibbs is the real deal. He is. You've got Treshawn Holden. You've got Kobe Prentice. You don't know these names, but you will by the end of the season because they will be taking home the national championship. Obviously, you've got Will Anderson on the other side and uh, Toto for the transfer from Tennessee. This is a fantastic team. The last 11 years, Alabama has won the championship five times. Typically is every other year. And the offseason is what convinced me that Bama's going to get it done. Because Nick Saban had the urge to say that it was a rebuilding year last season. I had no idea who Jamison Williams and John Mechie and B. John Robinson were. And then they came out and showed me that they're all going to be talented on NFL rosters. Obviously, they're all injured and one got shot, but they're still going to be good. All right. They will replace top talent and they will be good again. I'm not going to say Nick Saban's going to retire, but if he goes out with a championship, I wouldn't be surprised. This would be his sixth in the last 12 years. It is very possible. I think Alabama gets it done. I think Ohio State is a great team on paper. They're fantastic. They're going to dominate. But I think Alabama just just has the has the talent. They have the culture. They have the coach. And they'll get it done this season. They win the 22-23 national championship for me. And I could certainly see that scenario playing out. Alabama is consistently great from year to year. But this just feels like Ohio State season. C.J. Stroud is on the up-and-coming. Jackson Smith and Jigba is such a phenomenal player, a wide receiver. Best receiver in the country, probably. But Jordan Addison still deserves to be in that conversation as well. And, you know, Trayvon Henderson, one of the best running backs in college football. Ohio State just has a bit more star power. And that matters in today's college football more than it has ever before. And Ryan Day, in my opinion, is better than Urban Meyer. I think he is. I think he's a star. Oh, yeah. I think that he's just been a bit more of a consistent winner. He's made Ohio State just look like a much, a bit more of a cohesive team. I mean, I just think Ryan Day has established a whole new level of Ohio State football that we've never seen before. And I just see that culminating the season with a championship. Brent. Oh, well, I mean, I kind of already digged in, I guess, but I can dig in a little more actually on the reasoning behind why I think Ohio State wins. But um, overall, at the end of the day, like Roman said, it just kind of feels like it's Ohio State's year. I think about kind of the, the trajectory they've been on as it compares to Alabama. And Alabama's kind of been sitting where they've been, which is a good thing when you're winning national championships. But Ohio State's kind of made the rise up. They were still right there on that bar, but they've had to come up the past couple seasons, played LSU in the national championship two years ago. Um and ultimately lost to one of the better college football teams we've seen in a long time. I believe they lost to Clemson <laughs> that year, and Clemson lost to LSU. 
But yeah, was they it? were in the college football playoff. Yeah, I thought I thought they lost to LSU. Did they not? That was Clemson. It was the the interception by Justin Fields in the last five You're seconds. Right. You're right. Sorry, that game was good enough to be a national championship game. Yeah, it, it really was. But, it was better than the national championship. But OSU has kind of been on that trajectory trajectory into which it's almost their time. They kind of had the rise. They're kind of on the rise of like Georgia was a couple of years ago when they made that kind of jump. So it kind of feels like it's kind of time to put all the pieces together. And with C.J. Stroud being a Heisman-level candidate, and like you said, with the best wide receiver in football, arguably, and a top 10 running back as well, it just seems like the kind of year that you would have to make it all happen. Like, C.J. Stroud may not be my Heisman winner, but you don't have to be a Heisman winner to win the national championship, obviously, because Georgia did it last year and they didn't have the Heisman winner. Like, this is this is really – I feel like, I feel like especially for this year in the Big Ten with the teams that Ohio State's going to be playing, lots of weeks, it's going to really kind of mold them. They're going to play so many different types of teams, so many different schemes, so many great teams, especially in the side of the division that they're in, that it's going to be hard not to be molded and ready for anything that's coming their way. And yeah. especially with a team like Alabama, who is always good and changes from year to year, but they're still kind of the same Alabama team it's going to be easier for them to kind of get a hold on what's going on. And I feel like ultimately at the end of the day, that's kind of what pushes it over the edge for for Ohio State. And even though overall they do not have the better coach, Nick Saban is obviously better. I think that Ryan Day kind of outdoes him, at least in this matchup. Yeah. And to, again, reaffirm what I have, Ohio State is the number one team in the country until championship day in my eyes. They are. They have the harder schedule. And then Alabama does, even in the Big Ten, they do. And I just think they get it done in the regular season. But Alabama, man, I think the reason y'all are saying there's so much star power, there's so much firepower coming from the Buckeyes. I mean, they lost Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, two first-round picks. Like, they they are at the level of Alabama recruiting-wise, but they don't replace players like Alabama does. Uh, I just think they will this year. I think Bama's going to come out and get it done. But again, these are this should be the national championship regardless. These two teams will be there unless Clemson just comes out and shocks the world and Georgia decides to repeat under Stetson Bennett. I fully expect this to be the championship. And either way, man, this is going to be a heck of a game once we get down to January. Totally. So, y'all got anything else on the uh, college football? No, not on the sports talk, but I do have some stuff to recap for the week, definitely. Let's let's hear the week, man. Go for it. All right. So anyone who is, you know, knows me personally knows that uh, I'm going to be, you know, down in Orlando, Disney World for uh, the next week or so. We are here until Monday, September 12th. That's when we're flying back out. So I'm recording this episode from Orlando and I'm going to be doing the same probably in our next episode as well but we had our first like real day uh, today and it was you know full 12 hour day at hollywood studios and all that a bunch of you know crazy stuff going down with rides and all sorts of other things we built our own lightsabers as well mm. which was pretty cool that's cool yeah so not exactly sure how i have the energy to do <laughs> this episode after <laughs> all that but nonetheless you're a legend uh, I, I did, and yeah, it was a fun episode. I'm definitely excited for the remainder of my trip. 
here at Disney and all that. But yeah, that that's my that's my uh more so recent last couple of days as opposed to the week. But at the end of the day, that's just I guess most notable thing for my week. Uh, I'm not too good at the re- at the week recap thing, but. No one's really that good when it's one in the morning where you are. So this is a really late episode, guys. We uh, scratched really hard to get this one out to you guys. I mean, it's pretty late, and we're all, you know, we're sacrificing to be here. So, Roman, definitely thank you for making time while you're having fun in Disney. But, Brent, how was your week? How was the race? Tell us all about it. Yeah, I, I find myself, Roman, missing some stuff, especially after Jake goes, because we typically have pretty similar weeks. He'll say something that I definitely missed out on. But – uh, that's life, and you miss out on things sometimes. Good, good life lesson right there. Um, you can quote me if you want, senior quote. But uh, <laughs> for me, I'm going through my week real quick, and all I can think about is run. Um, had a race on Saturday through the pouring rain and the thunderstorms. Didn't necessarily run the race I wanted to, but it was the first time that I was that I got uh, top fifteen placement, which is like you get a medal or award. And regular season, we do T-shirts. So first time I've ever done that. So that was fun and kind of put myself with the front runners. So it's good. I was the fastest guy at that race from the state. So uh, that good race for me personally, motivating me. Um, as far as the rest of the week goes, Penn State won games. So that was obviously a great moment for me. It wasn't a great moment with about a minute left in the game as I was probably, um, if you imagine, I was on melatonin. And I was, might have been, may have not been crying in my bed, thinking about what would happen if we lost our first game and I'd have to deal with college football, knowing that our season's already over. Um, and that was rough. But somehow we pulled it out. Um, and I'm happy to continue down this path uh, of ups and downs. But uh, as far as it goes, I can't really think of anything else major in my week. And I'm probably missing a lot. But that was, that's all I can think of. Pretty good week. Yeah, it sounds like it was fun. Uh, glad you had a good week, Brent and Roman. Uh, for me, let's see, yesterday went to the Mississippi State game. Got back at 3 in the morning. Uh, got some probably six hours of sleep. Got to church in the morning. Uh, so that was good. Got to see all the boys today. Uh, some people that came back from college. So that was nice. Uh, and then Bartlett people played on college Friday. already? What? Yeah, Labor Day. Came back. A lot of people came back from Union today. Uh, so I got to see them, uh, but they, you know, they had to come back when they had the sh- they had the chance. So uh, went to the Bartlett Arlington High School game on Friday. Uh, uh, we yes. got we got slaughtered. Not really worth mentioning. Um, but I'll give a shout out day, to my boy Torres though. Oh yeah, he popped off, man. Represent represent for the runners. Torres had the game one of the games of his life. So that was yeah. He played well, and hopefully he carries that over um, along with the rest of the team to Overton. This week for homecoming. Uh, Friday, me and Brent got to anchor our only This is Arlington this year. Yeah. Uh, we will move on to our Men and Hoodie segment. But it was fun being at the desk, watching it back. Uh, it, it was good. We'll always have that to look back on and remember the memories. Uh, and then let's see. Uh, this Wednesday, we start church back. Exit 15. Can't wait for that. Lots of things to look forward to um, for this next week. Uh, but overall, it was a pretty good week. It was honestly kind of tiring. A lot of things going on. A lot of things went down, but, you know, it was still fun. Uh, I got to look forward to sports a lot, so it was enjoyable. So, anything else besides Brent? I forgot to mention this, but uh, 
that senior quote doesn't need to change. The one you have right now is pretty good. Oh, yeah. For anybody wondering what my senior quote is going to be, because I know that the random things that just pop into your head will be what my senior quote is. And a quick background story on it is um, I, unbeknownst to me, and there's a longer story to this story, but I walk into the, the digital journalism classroom and I'm just kind of looking around and I see my face on a wallpaper on a computer. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. And there's some words under it. And it says, I'm shy at first. But once I trust you, I become a quirky goofball. And <laughs> I, I, the person that wrote that, I don't really know personally. I know of him. I know him. I've had conversations with him before, but I don't know him personally. But the fact that he kind of nailed me to a T um, <laughs> kind of just, just gave me all the affirmation I needed um, to go ahead and submit my senior quote. So that is what will be on my uh, my high school yearbook for forever is um, I'm shy at first, but once I trust you, I become a quirky goofball. So, yeah. Mine was reading <laughs> fundamental because I did not pick one. I, I couldn't come up with one. <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. But if you know Brent, that's a, uh, a perfect quote. I think it describes him perfectly. So still got to figure out mine, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you for listening to the 18th episode of Minute Hoodies. We hope you enjoyed our college football episode today. Next week, we react to two, week two of college football and the first week of NFL action. Share the word about our podcast with others. And while you're at it, tell them we are available on Spotify, Apple, and Anchor. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. The water chose me. I thought you forgot.